Hello and welcome to We Will Rank You, a musical podcast, the theme song that goes clack, clack, boom, instead of boom, boom, clack, so no jury would ever convict us. We're going to be talking about a classic album, as we always do, and rank it from the worst songs to the best songs. With us, as always, is the King of Oakland. Where are you? I am here in Oakland. It's a pleasure to be here. We have the Prince of Mid-California. <laughs> I'm Jim. And the Duke of Denver. The Duke of Denver is named Sam, and that's me. Hello. And I'm Adam, your host tonight, and I'm recording going a little rootsy this episode, returning to San Diego, where we all met, visiting my father in the house where I first met Dan and Jim, and Sam even visited this house. So Mm -hmm. it's a little historical, this recording. And so we're going to go way, way back into the time machine to 1967 tonight for Love's third album, our third episode in a row that is a third album, coincidentally. Oh, wow forever changes only adam adam stats gotta love him i know when i when i said that i said why does this sound familiar it's our least sort of well-known group that we've done so far so just a quick bit of history about the band love they started in the mid 60s in los angeles and quickly became popular by la standards and were worshipped by bands like the birds and the doors who they helped get their record deal they were a striking multiracial band that even their fashion influenced Jimi Hendrix, supposedly, who took a look at one of their first album covers and decided to just start dressing like them. And they have one of the most unique stylized band logos of all time, and possibly the first band to sort of use branding by having a like, distinct logo on all of their first few albums, which I was kind of surprised to find out. Uh, we've been doing album parodies sort of uh, for fun with each album that we do. And it's the first time that I couldn't find just a general font to do. I had to cut and paste four letters and make it into our our logo, which was possibly worth it. The album (laughs) was released uh, in late 1967 and didn't get heard by a ton of people. It it only got as high uh, as like number 150 on the, the hot 200 for Billboard, but it was sort of a cult hit in England where it went to number 24. But years and years and years later, it developed a a huge following in underground circles by underground standards anyway. A 2011 Mojo magazine countdown of the greatest psychedelic albums of all time put it at number two. Anyone want to guess what number one was? Don't have the faintest. It's a little album called Are You Experienced no, I was by wondering if it was the Jimi Hendrix, Hendrix yeah. experience. Okay. Yeah. Sergeant Pepper was down at like number five for them. Um, I was about to guess Jefferson Airplane. That was also in, in the top 10. Hmm. Uh, so years yeah, and years later, they, they did get uh, some nice recognition. Um, but sadly, uh, lead singer Arthur Lee passed away in 2006. But uh, this album is very highly regarded. And, uh, by some. And be an interesting... <laughs> <laughs> By some. <laughs> Usually we, we, we tend to choose albums that at least a couple of us know, but uh, this one is going to definitely fall into the category of more of those first reaction videos that are so annoying and popular on the internet right now because uh, apparently these other three friends of mine have never heard it. So I thought that might be kind of interesting to do. We'll see how that goes. So um, let's find out from these guys what they know about the band Love previous till to last week i'm tempted to break into lloyd cole's what do you know about love i almost <laughs> quoted it nice. thank you very much 
I'm wondering now if when Arthur Lee passed away is actually when I listened to it. I mean, I, I've always known that this album was a classic and really kind of the, the, the stretch of albums by Love was, was supposedly a cl- were classics. I have listened to them before, but in that way that you listen once and it either grabs you or it doesn't, you kind of move on, right? The, the age of Spotify where you listen to everything once. Um, I definitely knew Alone Again or I'm going to steal this story from everybody else. Saw the damn do it on 120 Minutes. Loved it. Got into it. Um, but didn't go any deeper than that back then. And um, so, yeah, this was probably like the second time I had listened to it, which makes it as as new as can be. And I knew in the back of my mind I should know them. Oh, one other thing that a documentary came out last year called Laurel Canyon, um, which if you haven't seen Mm -hmm. it, really cool. And Love is featured in it and is part of that scene. And actually, I really got that a lot more now, having seen that documentary, um, because you can hear definitely influences amongst some of those other bands that were in that scene, which is cool. That's interesting because they, uh, the Jacob Dylan one, which I can't remember that was mm. Echoes in the Canyon. They're not the one you're talking about, but the, the the Jacob Dylan one didn't mention love at all. But they weren't. They were more of a Hollywood band than a, than a Laurel Canyon mm. band. Not to be too uh, <laughs> segregationist for Los Angeles, but yes. who's next, Jim? Guys, um, the first thing I want to say about this is there's a clear number one when we rank this, so don't mess this up. <laughs> I'm looking at <laughs> Do not mess this up. I never heard this album. I never heard of the album. I maybe heard of Love. Um, I knew Alone Again or from the Damned cover. Thank you, Dan. Uh, that's it. Um, I have seen Laurel Canyon, and I I got to go rewatch it because it did not pick, <laughs> I did not pick up on that at all. Um, uh, I grew up in a musical family. My dad and mom basically were like child uh, children of the '60s except for they thought the Beatles really got weird at Revolver. Not even Second <laughs> they, you know, Revolver. Mm-hmm. So as soon as that Rubber hair started Soul to grow. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. The Rubber Soul was uh, the last album we had in the house. So I'm That's never exactly my family, this. too. Love that album. I'm never going to hear this, uh, this, uh, this album growing up, you know? Um, yeah. And I'm lazy. I want to just stay <laughs> off the top. I know there's a ton of great music out there. But I'm like, you know, I, I, I could deep dive and learn something today, or I could just hit play on Skylarking again. I think I'm just going to listen to that. <laughs> so uh, that's, that's me with this album. I will say that um, now I know because uh, uh, I did some research. I was trying to go in cold, but I did all the deep dive research yeah. I could because I just I was listening so much to this album. Um, I couldn't I went stand cold. it. Um, yeah, I, I, and I'm so happy you did, Dan. When you announced you were going in cold, I was like, okay, I have the, the permission now to deep dive. Um, uh, dude, Lloyd Coles, are you ready to be heartbroken? Listening to Arthur Lee Records. Exactly, I cannot exactly. believe I listened to that song so many times in my life, and I never went, I wonder who Arthur Lee is, you know? Um, I definitely know, you know, George Jones on the radio, you know? Right, right. So yeah, I mean, yeah. when, when Lloyd Cole says something, I usually listen. But <laughs> anyway, I'm very happy, very happy to uh, to know what I know now. We'll have to tag Lloyd nice. on Twitter uh, with for this episode yeah. so he knows. And I, I can't wait uh, till it's Jim's turn again because clearly we're doing Skylarking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. nice. Absolutely. So uh, I um, have the same intro, uh, the damned video, the squashed, you know, uh, um, frame on it. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was just really cool. And, and at the time, I didn't even know the damned. 
So like that, I was like, oh, this is really cool. I actually went and bought the, the record that this was on, anything. Um, kind of uncharacteristic for me. I don't, I didn't like get into like who wrote the songs and stuff like that. I think because the rest of the album didn't, didn't grab me like Alone Again or did. Um, and like their version is really great. Oh, there's one thing I wanted to look up and maybe I'll do it while one of you guys are talking. Um, but you know, I, yeah, I didn't know much about it. I had to go and I, I, I listened the first few times cold, didn't do any research, but by about like maybe the fifth listen or so, I'm like, I, I need some sort of context for this record. I need to know what is happening around it and where they, where these sounds came from. Um, and so, you know, so what I did find was that, um, this was the year that Sergeant Peppers came out. For some reason, I always thought Sergeant Peppers comes out in 68. Like that's stuck in my head for some reason, but it was 67 as well. Are You Experienced came out, Velvet Underground, um, with the Andy Warhol cover. Um, so many, I mean, so many other albums and so many like super psychedelic albums. I think, uh, I saw the Beach Boys, um, Smiley Smile and, um, another one came out, um, this year, The Doors debut and Strange Days. Like, I mean, it was a massive, massive time for really, really well-known music. But, um, yeah, so for me, it was really interesting because it, I, I, I just didn't, I didn't know of it other than this song, um, but done by another band, two other bands, because, um, oh shoot, who was, who was the other band that did the, the cover? Crap. Back then? No, or? um, in like the 2000s. Um, Calexico. Calexico, thank you. Um, and, but, and it's funny though, because everyone does like a, such a straight cover of it. It's not like, mm-hmm. and like, why fuck with it? But anyway, we'll get there. So that, yeah, that's, that's where I come into the record. No, nothing at all. Nice. Not knowing anything um, at all. Mm-hmm. Well, like you guys, uh, I probably first heard about it uh, through the, the Dam's cover of Lone Again Or, uh, but also I cannot tell what this is, but it was either um, a cover or the original uh, of their, their one and only kind of top 40 hit, which is a song called Seven and Seven Is which if you look it up, it sounds like an early 80s California hardcore song. It's so ridiculous that this song was recorded in 1965 and it became a hit because it's just this, it sounds like a Black Flag song, it's crazy. Um, but 91X used to play it and I didn't know who did it, but um, had no kind of inkling. But um, as I kind of reached my mid twenties, I slowly started to go back and try and find other 60s records I would like because I've always been such a huge Beatles fan. And there's got to be other great albums from that that era. Um, and I slowly but surely heard Pet Sounds and Zombies, Odyssey, and Oracle. Right. And my then friend, now girlfriend, Charlotte, uh, was intent on educating me about the lesser known stuff. So she, I got a package of you know handwritten tapes from her. Uh, and almost all of them were incredible. The big ones from the 60s being The Creation, The Move, and Love. Um, and I don't remember if she put all of Forever Changes on it, but I, I definitely dug it. Um, but there's a magazine that Sam and I adored when we were roommates in the Bay Area called The Big Takeover from New York. Yep. And the guy Jack, grew up Jack in New York Rabbit. hardcore, but got, yeah, Jack Rabbit, but got a, got huge into Brit stuff, but he also really knew his 60s stuff. And in a very offhanded uh, letter to the editor, he mentioned 15 of his favorite 60s albums. It was like 
it wasn't even like a huge list. It was just like, here's these great albums. And I slowly started to get a bunch of those, um, Buffalo Springfield again, pretty right. things, SF sorrow, the who sell out. And yeah. I'm sure that, uh, love, love forever changes was one of them. So, um, couldn't see them, but then lo and behold, uh, he gets a, a great backing band and starts playing after he gets out of prison in the early 2000s. So I got to see them a bunch of times and famously he could be erratic and I did see one not so great show, but I saw a ton of really great shows and I'm, I'm glad I did before cool. before he left this, this earth. So that's where we're all at. And let's get into the album and uh hear what these guys first impressions are of this crazy record i'm i'm curious to see like was it jim that said there's a clear number one i'm curious to see if there's a clear number 11. so let's i bet there isn't totally curious for both let's go who's who's starting it off dan is starting us today here we go uh should we talk about the line so you know every episode we do the line of uh right Above the line are the songs right. that you genuinely like. Below the line, eh. For me, the, the line for songs I genuinely like is three. There are three songs I genuinely like. Uh, the, wow. the, the line of songs that I really do not like is at uh, between six and seven. Below seven, I'm like, come on. Come on. Whoa. Okay. My right. number yep. 11 yep. is <laughs> The Red Telephone. So the red telephone to me is like my, <laughs> and again, I went in cold guys. So I, I knew they were important, but I wasn't going to let that yeah. stop me. The red telephone is right. like my buddy who's not very musically inclined, tried to write a musical and feels like they need to advance the plot through the, the song. And so they, tell the story while they're singing and all the things they need to do. <laughs> but then on top of that, Ex- exposition, exposition through song. song, there's a couple of songs on this album that do that. But the reason the red telephone earns its spot at number 11 is with those wacky drawing out the single words. I believe in yes. magic. Yep. And the point where I raised mm-hmm. my fist and shook it at the heavens and said, I'll get you Adam was <laughs> At the lyric, <laughs> I feel real phony when my name is Phil. <laughs> like, oh, I thought it was Bill. Oh, is it Bill? <laughs> like Phil Conklin. But what kind of lyric is that? Yeah. And then by the end, they're it's chanting, they're locking, they're locking us up today. They're throwing away the key. I was like, oh, my, this is like a high school musical that is not right. where like, good try. <laughs> Night, thanks for trying. Anyways, I'm sure it has all of this symbolism and stuff packed in. It did not work for me. I'm I'm using the hotline and calling it on the red telephone. Thank you very much. A little pen. <laughs> I, I, I will speak phone. up and say I will not have you slander High School Musical that way. <laughs> Zach Efron did a great job, and he's. I'm talking easy about the, the generic <laughs> High School Musical, not capital HSM. Oh, oh that. My daughter. That. Okay. My okay, daughter wouldn't sure, allow sure, that sure, in this sure. house. <laughs> okay. Good. Good. Wow, I didn't know there was an acronym. There might not be. Sam, you're next. Oh, I'm next. Okay, so uh, the line. The line for me is number one. <laughs> below, right, above below, it or below it? <laughs> below the top song, I 
No. Here he goes. Here he goes. I, like this, this record, <laughs> this record, like, I, I mean, I, I mentioned being, me being pretentious on the last podcast, like, like from a, from a poetics standpoint, from a singing standpoint, from, I, I mean, like some of the music is great. The trumpet is the star of this record. Like, let's just put that out there. Nice. Absolutely the star of this record. Um, but yes, the red telephone. So what I have is like the phrasing is terrible. Um, and, and I actually have the... So this is also your number 11? Yes. The red telephone is also my number 11. I, I, I also wrote down magic plus quick, <laughs> like, because it is so quick. Like, what the <laughs> fuck are you even talking about, dude? I'm not a fan. It feels like the worst of the 60s hippie scene. If it was satire, if this was if this was a joke, like if this was on a Ween record, yes, I was like at one point I was like, awesome. is this Harry Shearer? <laughs> pretty sure. Harry Shearer, is this the Ruddles? Come on. But it, if if it's satire, it's great. But it's still a bad song. So yes, and Red Sam and I usually don't 11. agree. This is this is the record we're going to agree, right? Sam. <laughs> you can bond, so on, bond on your guys. hatred. I'm so happy for you guys, but you're absolutely <laughs> wrong. Number 11 is Old Man. Old oh, wow. Man. So Clear. at one point, I'll just say at one point in Old Man, it, it spent quite a lot of time at the bottom, and then I... Yes, yes, it is yeah, a yeah. clear lesson. I mean, an old guy giving an ivory ball to a younger guy. <laughs> I was like, okay, is Paul Newman about to mentor Tom Cruise in this song? What's going on here? Uh, um, nice. It's a sweet... It's a sweet little tune, and uh, and it has uh, no redeeming qualities for me. My line is definitely above this song. I'll tell oh, you when like we it. reach my line, though. Oh, okay. All right. Um, my number 11, Separated at Birth, is also Old Man. Um, it's one of two songs written by Brian McLean, <laughs> who was sort of the George Harrison of the group in that he was fighting for to put a couple of his songs um, on each record. And mm. a lot of his songs are, are kind of twee and a little bit more marshmallow rainbows. And, and there's and the other guys definitely look, look down upon it. There's a documentary about them and their guitarist is basically saying as much. Like they were talking about some seriously yes. dark things in the, in, in the world at the time. And this one and on the last record, Orange Skies, it's it doesn't really uh, fit in, in a lot of ways, and the strings on it are, uh, yeah. It's it, it. He doesn't have the super strongest voice, even though it can be at times almost identical to Arthur's, but um, not not as good as the other stuff. Um, my line uh, is probably at ten, I, and even on Old Man, wow. I have to admit, even putting it putting it at eleven. The strings on it are beautiful, and sure. I mean yeah. the strings on the whole yeah. album are incredible. incredible. Strings. Yeah. Um, I love I love that Sam Great said trumpet. horn, but I would make a real strong case for either the strings or the uh, yeah. acoustic guitar. But but it's, sure. I mean it's it's there's just not a lot of bands ever uh, that weren't already huge, unless you're like Neil Diamond or something that go and go like oh this this song's gonna have an orchestra. And a horn section, and and so it wasn't easy to pull off live. And when they did get to do it much later, it was incredible to watch it happen. And funny enough, um, th- I was watching a tour documentary of one of the reunions, and they asked two of the younger guys, "What's your favorite song to play?" And they both said, "Old Man." <laughs> it was their favorite, 
um, namely because they never played it. And the guy who sang it, he, he passed away in 1998, so they could never do it. So Arthur was singing this uh, so to them. It was something kind of new. But here I am thinking like, oh my gosh, huh. this is my least favorite song on the record. And that's their favorite currently. So interesting. All right, Dan, what's your number 10? My number 10 is the good humor man he sees. I think I might not have even written down all of this. Like These guys think to. they're fallout boys. It's a Morrissey title. Yeah, <laughs> that's I, I wrote that exam. I wrote that. I said, "Who does he think he is with these song titles? Fiona Apple or Fallout Boy?" Amazing. Yes. Yeah, oh my god. Seriously, this is, this is our album, Sam. Dan, Dan and I are this syncing is up. It. This Ladies is wild. and gentlemen, history has been made. Um, you know, so you're telling me they're influenced by psychedelic. Like, I feel like they're influenced by like Gilbert and Sullivan. Like, this sounds like old timey musicals again. Um, I totally hear you, Adam. Like, you're right. Part of this album is like dark it's got these words that like jolted me into like whoa what did i just hear but then there's yeah. this other stuff it really does yeah. feel like two different albums so that's interesting hearing um different folks wrote it so i'm going to introduce a new feature that i call made up facts since i'm going in cold so <laughs> yes and I, I, i'd like this to be a, let's see if we can turn this into a, a reoccurring uh, feature but my first made up fact <laughs> is on this song okay. And it turns out that the the uh, uncredited sixth member of Love is actually Lawrence Welk. And this song with like the bum, 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 right. bum, it totally reminded me of Lawrence Welk, which would be uh, on. And I would be like, this, this show drives me crazy. Um, so anyways, uh, I just, it didn't do anything for me. Now, of course, we have to talk about the end of this song, which almost yeah. caused it to go higher. Yeah. I'm still uh -huh. not convinced this isn't a weird glitch on Spotify. Like this is the real thing. Right? <laughs> I, even went to, I even went to YouTube right. and listened because there's, there's no yeah. sign of it the rest of the time. And then all of a sudden the radio right. head at the end with that. <laughs> yep. Totally. Yeah. is amazing. And I love it, but it absolutely didn't fit anything else. So I considered ranking it higher, but I was like, Nope, you don't, you don't get to be Lawrence Welk. For ninety eight percent of it, and then all of a sudden, you know, you turn into Johnny Greenwood. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice, nice, Sam. All right, my ten is "Bummer in the Summer." <laughs> it reminds me of a Jerry Reed tune, just that like, and I mean, it's you know, I mean, you could say it's like proto rap or whatever. It's an um, but it, it's just, it, it was interesting, like listening to this record for me, again, going in cold, not really knowing the, the, the songs or the period or any of that sort of stuff. And then like so much of it was like this kind of like dreamy sort of psychedelic stuff. And you get to this song and it's very like in your face, like the story's very, you know, um, you know about the girl and got papers on you. And I mean, so like, it, it spoke to me more socially that way than pretty much any other song on the record, I feel like. But it just, like, ultimately it just felt weak. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, so many of these songs, like, you could easily talk me up higher or lower with uh, with a lot of these. But, uh, I mean, that's just I'm where this one fell. Again, you know, Sam, I wrote that exact same note. I wrote, this is, how I have this is how I have them ranked, but if you guys want to push back, I'm fine to move them all around. 
that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's hard to get that much of an opinion yeah. of, of a song that you haven't heard that yeah, much. And that's why I thought this was tough. such an interesting thing for us to do. It is. Yeah. The other thing I want to say, just really yeah. quick about your point about Bummer in the Summer sounding so different. One thing I will give them is I actually enjoyed a bit like how much the sounds moved around. There were actually a lot of different sounds and influences on this record. And that is more interesting to me oftentimes than just an album where you can't even tell the songs apart. Like they just start to sound so alike. So I actually did appreciate that, even though I, I hear you about sometimes it can be jolting. Well, the funny thing for me is because like my initial impression was that this was like we talked about samey with the police. Like my initial impression was the same thing for this because it's acoustic guitar in the right channel and then whatever else is like the drums and the bass in the left channel and then other stuff kind of mixing over the top and it just it felt really samey and then the more I listen to it I'm like no this song's kind of different bummer in the summer is totally different it is like like the the the, the you know the, the much different song on the record but um but yeah I mean like like again like if you started playing a song and we're like what's this song I'd be like I don't know. <laughs> no idea. All Jim. Right. All right. I can't hold it in anymore. So you guys need to know that I listened to this album 20 plus times. I fell Holy in love moly. with yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I fell in love with this thing. The, the, the whole, I mean, I'm putting myself back in the sixties and I'm going, Oh my God, they, they're discovering which, which ear to put the freaking drums in. And, and so it's not, you, you know what I mean? It's just, it's just, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I'm placing myself there. We're still not at my line with number 10, which is maybe the people would be the times. Um, I, I'm listening to it and and it was higher at the beginning and it dropped over time. Um, and I think that's only through repeated listens where at the beginning, I'm like, okay, that's a cool trick with the lyrics, you know? Um, and I don't know if it's been done before or whatever, but the, um, oh, and the music is so loud. And then I fade into the... And then the next uh, right. verse starts with yeah. crowd, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. um, and and I love it when he sings with the horn solo, you know, and just yeah. freaking yeah. sing it over. And he sings over, I think, I think it's horn and then guitar. Like he, he, the horn fades out. He's still singing over the guitar. I may be wrong there, but it, it does, it does go over two instruments. Um, and then, uh, and then he just falls off right at the end, like, and just lets, the instrument had have its moment and then the next verse starts i mean there's little magic moments here um paint everybody gray you know it happens again in red telephone where you know paint me white or yellow right. you know uh, right, right. anyway there, there's a theme here anyway i uh we're still not at my line but that's that's a good song that's a good song i can i can get behind this song cool good to know and and it, it's funny because I, I suppose I know Jim's taste more than Sam and Dan in general, but there were so many things on this record where I'm like, well, Jim's going to like that. And Jim's going to like that. Um, so I'm, I'm not yeah. totally shocked that, that you, that you like certain things on it. But I, so I was, I'm, I'm, I'm not, and I'm not totally surprised that Sam and Dan are, are, are maybe less, less impressed, but this is all like, just, I'm loving this <laughs> and I'm thick skinned enough to, to take it. Um, my number 10 is also the good humor man. Um, he sees everything like this. And um, keep in mind, you're talking to someone that has a pristine Lawrence Welk TV tray um, <laughs> in his house that he bought on Route 66. Um, nice. That doesn't mean I love uh, the music on this. But uh, yeah, the stutter ending is fantastic. And 
the the thing about this song especially and you know we we i talked a little bit about the voicing but there's kind of no denying as much as i love arthur that him and brian both sound muppety like specifically kermit on a lot of songs, but there's a part in this song where he goes, a la da da, and I literally have had a <laughs> yeah. note to myself to do one of those like sync up videos where, you know, the song comes out of the Sesame Street mouths. Right. It's, it's been on my to-do list for five years. And, and I thought for sure, I'm gonna finish it by the time we do this, so I could pr- watch, have you guys watch it. Um, and I didn't get to it. So um, no harm, no foul on, on mentioning that, that the voices sound a little bit like that. Look, in general, right, the more next. something sounds like the Rainbow Connection, the more I'm into it. Um, right. But there's yeah, the exception. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, my number nine is Old Man. Um, I won't say too much more about it. It reminded me of, I felt like I was listening to a Shakespearean sonnet. So now we've moved from like high school musical into Gilbert and Sullivan. You can tell we're getting better. Now we're up to Shakespearean sonnet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> again, with the storytelling and the, but the, it's higher than the others because there was at least a melody here that I was like, okay, I'm, I'm appreciating this melody. The, the bottom two, I felt like just sort of wandered like in search of a, a mel- it just, it just didn't feel tight. This one, at least I kind of got a melody. So number nine. Uh, my number nine's live and let live. Um, I had it ranked higher at some point and it just kind of kept falling. Uh, the opening lyric that I like my, so I, I did like, um, the good humor man for me was the la da da song. Cause I had to start like putting stuff down so I could remember what song this was as I was going through. the. So did I, if that I'd makes you feel any better. Looking, yes, like, so did I. <laughs> where, yeah. oh, good. Well, okay. I mean, keep Definitely. in mind that, that, um, that almost half the songs on this album, it's the new order thing where the title isn't even in the song. Right. Exactly. So I've heard this album, right. God knows how many times. And, and, and Charlotte, same, she's heard it a million times. And, and we were talking about what our favorites were and we're like, Oh, it's this one. It's this one. We didn't even know the names of it. So yeah. don't feel bad. <laughs> Go ahead. There's right. barely choruses okay. on half of them. Well, that's good. Yep. Right. Yeah. Um, but, but the, um, like the opening, like the opening lyric is just completely turns me off from that's Cause I called it the snot song. <laughs> right. And like, <laughs> Like, I, and I'm, I'm not a prude. I'm not like grossed out by stuff, but I'm just like, oh, okay. Like, I mean, I mean, if you were painting a better picture, cause like you do that and then it kind of leaves it. Um, I like the music though. Um, as Jim would say, this song would be great on drugs. Um, <laughs> the, the lyrics, the, the lyrics about the pistol reminds me of killing an Arab a little bit. Um, oh, which is sure. itself from, um, Camus, but, um, but so like I, like I, I kind of got like a little bit of a gritty feel from it. Um, and, and the, the freak out solo was great. We, know, I love a good guitar freak out. Um, but it just, it just kind of ended up falling. Um, like as I, as I kept listening back and sorting and sorting and sorting, um, it just, it just kept falling and it just ended up here. Jim. Jim. Ah, number nine. I think number nine, I've ranked one too high. <laughs> You know, when we were doing it live, I've always been so confident in my ranking. I know what you mean. Right now, I'm like, oh. Yeah. So number nine is Anne Moore again. And if you see Anne Moore again, um, then you hear your heart beating, pum, 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 pum. Um, uh, the opening strums are definitely, you definitely think of Engine Driver by the December. Oh. So if you know that. <laughs> nice one. Um, 
It is a sweet little ditty. It's not uninteresting. Um, and dealing uh, <laughs> with the faint praise. Um, Thank you. Yeah. It's got a nice ending. Bum, bum, and you're done. Yeah. <laughs> Number nine. Sorry, just really quick, Jim. You're worried now that you ranked it too high or too low? I, I think I should have switched the last two songs that I just. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think that Anne Morgan should go to number ten. I'll fix that all in everything. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my number nine, yeah, exactly, uh, is the Red Telephone, um, and yeah, this is definitely a dark one for sure. Uh, they had they lived up in the Hollywood Hills and looking down and watching all the people die is just such a dark thing and and a kind of foreboding of uh, a lot of people say like it was telltale signs that the Manson kind of thing could happen in LA. Um, But my funny enough, the one line uh, about Bill is so ridiculous. It makes no sense, but it's one of my favorite concert memories ever uh, when he got out of prison uh, their very first show was at the Knitting Factory in Hollywood, and I went up with some friends. And I'm standing there uh, with a couple friends, and there's a gap. And in front of me is this guy, this notorious L.A. musician named Bill Bartell, who um, did a lot of stuff with Red Cross. He had a band called White Flag. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just sort of this, like, zealot. Uh, was everywhere always and introduced America to Shonen Knife and just has all these crazy claim, wow. claims to fame. And yeah. he, you've seen this guy and you've been this guy at concerts where for whatever reason, you're separated from your friends. You're totally loving it. You have no one to connect with. And you're just looking around like, isn't this great? Right. But you have no yeah. f- friends. And I saw this happening in front of him. And I I'd met him briefly um, at a Posey show years before because he, he was friends with those guys too. And I'm just watching this happen. I'm watching this happen. They start into this song and I'm like, okay, he is so wanting to connect to connect especially for what is about to happen in 15 14 13 and i basically slowly walk up i put my arm around him and we both sing together when my name is bill and we both pointed him and he was the happiest guy in the world i made his night we were best friends for the rest of the show and it makes me every every time i hear this song i am so happy uh that's great uh, i love that memory so <laughs> that's that that that's my little. That's my little concert. I, just on that memory, I probably would have had it at number two. Fair enough. <laughs> I love that story. It stays at eleven. <laughs> yeah. My right, eight Dan. is and more again. Um, I think it's just fine where it is, Jim. Um, it it reminded me a bit of you know that song if you're going to San Francisco, yes. Which as a resident of San Francisco, I have never liked that song. I'm like, why is that the song we get? Like you you know you. Um, it's it just uh, the flower power is coming out of this thing um, it does have I think Jim as you mentioned it does have that nice minor key melody though like there is something a bit pretty and haunting about it don't love the bomb 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 that's dangerously Lawrence Welk again but um, <laughs> but but at least now we've got a little bit of grit a little bit of minor key so we're starting to get up in the rankings because it's um, it's getting a little bit more into a sound that I can identify with a lot of minor key on this record. Yeah. Number eight. And more again. Thank you. Yes. In sync. It feels a little too elf-y, <laughs> elfish. <laughs> Dungeons elfish? and Dragons, if you will. Like, 
like we should be sitting in a wooden walled thatch covered tavern between campaigns. Like when I first heard this, that's that's what I felt, and I'm like, and and like that's actually a pro yeah. for me because I used to. So did I, I Sam. It just went up three based on your description. Now that's a story I could right. never. That's, the Bill story didn't relate. The D and D, I'm in. Right. If it was Bilbo, yeah, yeah it, it would have been like, better uh, than anyway. Hundred percent. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, but it's and 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 I had it ranked higher, and it, this was another one that as I, as I kept sorting, it just kept moving lower and ended okay. up at number eight. <laughs> that was phenomenal. It's going to be hard to beat. <laughs> wow. Okay, uh, a house is not a motel is number eight. Um, at this point, you know it's second second song in the album, if I'm not mistaken. And I'm like, okay, acoustic guitar is going to be up front on this album. This is going to be a very good mm-hmm. acoustic guitar album. Um, if you've ever heard Washington Square, uh, it's a song by the Village Stompers. My dad, the old folk guy, totally you know uh, drilled it into me. But it's a song that's like um, you ever played Secret Agent Man? Either it's like the E and the B strings on the guitar, and it's just. And um, and it, it totally reminded me of that, um, nice. and I, I liked it. I mean, it's my number eight. I didn't like it the best, but it was a good song. And at two twenty, it starts to jam. I mean, the drum beat go. goes, and then freaking guitars go nuts, and you're just like, "Go play, boys! Get it, get it, get it, get it!" Um, <laughs> it it's good. It's good in. So uh, a house is not a motel. Is number eight. Uh, my number eight is "Bummer in the Summer." Man, that little country riff the guitar like is just so so great and the piano um it's kind of the most prominent piano song it's kind of a little bit like hey bulldog or something where it's those low notes um that kind of get in your head um when uh when arthur was sick with leukemia right before he passed away they did a benefit for him and one of his most vocal fans uh for years was robert plant so he headlined this show and did uh, some love songs and the, the only one I could find uh, on YouTube was them doing Bummer in the Summer with uh, love guitarist Johnny uh, Eccles on cool. guitar and it's so so great the arrangement oh I'd is, love to hear Robert Plant sing it that's it's great that's he's I mean there's and there's so many words in it to pick that one is not is no mean feat and funny enough one of the one of the lines in it is um, is that he's gonna ball all day which is like, you know, Little Richard used to talk about balling in his songs in the 50s, which I still cannot fathom that that somehow got by uh, people who just didn't know what balling was. Um, but uh, in, in the Zeppelin song, Hey, Hey, What Can I Do? Or whatever it's called, he talks about having a woman that balls all day. So it's kind of funny that here he is singing this, this song um, that he adored uh, when, in the 60s. So that's my eight. All right, my seven is maybe the people would be the times. Um, all I can think of when the song opens is double doors open and Austin Powers walks into the room. <laughs> and just nice. is <laughs> leading oh with his hairy chest. This album. Yeah, this is this is full this album on. And Dan, I have the same thing written down for you. Of course you do. You didn't even have to tell me this time, Sam. From Elvin Campaign <laughs> to Austin Powers. But I mean, this song is just... Yeah, baby. Which I, <laughs> I told myself I would never say it again. But like this song just gives off that energy so strongly. Um, 
I do not agree that the trumpet is the hero. I think there's moments where the trumpet's the hero. Then there's moments where the trumpet gets a little Herb Alpert-y and just starts to take over the... And this song, to me, kind of devolves and just gets a little cute. Gets a little cute toward the end. So um, higher up, we're getting some energy. We're getting some things moving, at least now. Uh, Austin Powers in the room, number seven. My number seven is The Old Man. Um, everybody else seems to have ranked it lower. And this is one that um, I didn't have ranked, but it, it, this one just kept moving up. Wait, you originally had it with no ranking? I, I Well, I, I didn't have any comments for it. Like, I, I initially... well, That would be amazing. Um, <laughs> I no, literally that, give it no rating. That belonged to I number 11. to give it a number. I, I, I did I mean I didn't and then I and then I the more I listened to it I was I, I just I was oddly attracted to the song I don't love the vibrato I don't love the notes in the singing um and, and I know like Jim had it low but for some reason it was like I like I said I, I I had red telephone was bam instantly at the bottom and then I and I listened to the rest of it and I'm like okay and I looked at the my rankings and I'm like I don't have the old man on here and so I just put it above the red telephone and then as I listened more, it, it this one just kept moving up, and it, and it was just kind of weird for some reason. And and the the only thing I can kind of think of is that it was the song written by the other guy. What was his name, Adam? Brian McLean. Yeah, it was the other song written by him, which you know, Alone Again Or was the other was the other one, and then the rest of them were um, Arthur Lee. And this was like I, I, that's the only thing I can think of is that it was just kind of different enough in voice, maybe. Um, that it moved up, but that's where it ended for me. Stop, was, stop pretending seven. like Brian is his last name is Wilson or something. I mean, <laughs> it's not a it's not a easy easy name to pronounce. Maybe his stepsister, funny enough, was Maria McKee of uh, Lone Justice fame. For all you trivia nerds out there, yeah. What? Yeah. Wow! He has an really? interesting childhood. His his dad was an wow. ar- architect for Amazing. super famous people like Dean Martin and Elizabeth Taylor and his first girlfriend was Liza Minnelli. Wow. So he grew up playing Wizard of Oz songs with, with uh, Dorothy's daughter. It's an interesting, interesting guy. Wow. Mind blown. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, so number seven for me is Live and Let Live. Great harmonies. I love two, I love two guys singing at the same time. Um, and I get how at the beginning, you know, you're like, okay, you know, what are we in for? But then as soon as it's, <laughs> and so the story yes. ending, yes. Yeah. Ended, do yes. you know it oh so oh, well? Oh, so well. Yeah, totally. And, and there's such a good, I love oh so well. You know, there's something freaking cool about that. And then the end, 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 end. I mean, it is so, so cool and good. I hate the lead guitar that comes in it is and i know i'm gonna piss people off it is like matthew sweet's lead guitarist on girlfriend it's like oh enough, ah! enough. Ah! enough. i get it i'm oh, i loved it for the first four tracks and now we are shining a spotlight on you that did not put it back in the songwriter right now <laughs> Matthew Sweet deserves it. Um, anyway, so um, it just needs to come down in the mix. I mean, in the solo, is only average. And and in this song, he, he's going to kill a bird? I don't, I'm not into killing birds. So um, anyway, that's my number seven. 
That's so interesting to me because like, and, and maybe that's where I get my love of the good guitar freak out is from like Richard Lloyd and Robert Quine or Robert Lloyd and Richard, no. I had it right. It's Quiney Rich um, and Robert, never mind. <laughs> but like like the, like those kind of guitar freakouts, I, I dig. And so like that's really interesting that you, that that was kind of a turnoff for you on this, on this one. Uh, I, hear, I hear both sides of that argument. However, number seven is the Daily Planet, um, which is an interesting one. I just I wrote the word groovy, which I hate using that uh, because it is so hippie. But it's just it's such a great sunshiny '60s groovy pop song. Um, the yeah. they came into the studio and the band was so drugged out and not quite ready to play stuff quite so complex that they weren't cutting it. So the producer brought in the wrecking crew, which is oh. like these hardcore, awesome session musicians who did played on every beach boys hit every birds hit Simon and Garfunkel, you name it. So they came in and laid down this killer, uh, track. Funny enough, this one is just so great and groovy. And the other one they did is and Morgan, which is so slow that it doesn't really need like the greatest session players in the oh, world. Wow. They can well, do anything, the Wrecking Crew. But um, right. Carol, Carol but, can um, play oh on anything, she Adam. Kills oh it, especially in the when they get to look, we're going round and round. What she's playing on that is just so so good. And um, interesting to note that uh, at the end, they, that he talks about waiting on the sun. And again, they were super tight with the Doors, who had a song of their own, "Waiting for the Sun." So I'm not sure uh, if that was an influence or not, but. Um, Going round and round, probably reference to the Daily Planet. It's a, kind of an interesting thing I never noticed because, again, I don't know the song titles, so I learned a couple things by by looking at lyrics right. this time. What you got for six, Dan? First of all, I was when I heard the Daily Planet, I was like, I will bet money this is in Adam's top three. So I'm in a little bit of shock ah. right now. Right? Uh, totally. That has totally, totally, right? totally. That uh, I was, I was stunned. Um, my number six, uh, has anyone said it yet? You set the scene. I feel like one person said it. No, nobody. Do I have it lowest? Okay. Um, uh, this, oh, so remember again, seven and lower is the songs I, I really just didn't like. So now we're into songs that I actually liked, um, to some degree, even though three is my line. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Sam's getting upset. Like, are we breaking up? Um, (laughs) six has the, it starts with that guitar arpeggio. You've got the bass coming in like, Oh, signs of life. Like this thing's actually like moving. Um, I, I really enjoyed this song. Like I felt like, um, I like the fast parts. I like the slow parts. I think with a lot of songs in this album, it felt really disjointed to me. This starts to feel like, uh, a full song that makes sense to me. I guess maybe I need a little bit more structure around my songs. But um, uh, this one, this one I really liked. Um, a couple of you have mentioned the singing, so I'll just mention it too. The singing is what still holds me back on some of these songs. I just feel like it's very, uh, it's overly earnest. Um, it just doesn't have a lot of grit or muscle, or there's just nothing sort of interesting to me about it. It's just this very sing-songy voice so i think that still sets it back a little bit he's still kind of doing that on this song um but yeah for song above the 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 it's above the didn't hate it line (laughs) (laughs) i um 
<clears throat> so, I mean, you were talking about like the vocals. Like, I wonder, uh, like an album like this, hearing it especially, like the first couple times through, I'm like, of course, Adam and Jim are going to like it because it sounds like the Posies. Like, it, like a lot of it, I felt like kind of Posies-ish mm-hmm. um, for some stuff. Um, so, I wonder, like, how those voices would turn a record like this around for people that are critical of the vocals, which is pretty much all of us, at least at some point, but like having like those really solid, strong voices and harmonies, um, would be really interesting. My number six (laughs) and apparently don't like love, but go ahead. Um, (laughs) interesting. Um, no, my number six is a house is not a motel. Um, and, and I have my note for this is it's the, I hear you calling my name song. Um, I, it had it had that urgency though, which I really liked, and I like uh, another thing I really like is the dueling guitar solos in either ear to end the song. Um, this one really benefited a lot from um, from having headphones yeah. on, and not I think you know not necessarily from like the psychedelic standpoint, although I, that's probably some you know some pull for some people. But um, but I liked I liked how it just you know they kind of played off each other on either side. I thought that was good. That's to you, Jim. All right. Number six is Bummer in the Summer. And I can only describe the vocals as a mix between Jimmy and Bob Dylan. It's it's right in the middle of yep. Jimi Hendrix and Bob Dylan. Um, yeah. I love everything okay. about this song. It, it's totally the, I don't know. I I, I can see a lot of mod bands um, uh, playing this song. Um, yeah. It, it, it goes right from the beginning and it's moving and it's grooving and it's uh, it, it's just so uh, it, it almost cool. reminds me of, uh, of uh, Venus by Shocking Blue there's a couple songs that, that kind of have that kind of groovy Venus by the Shocking Blue yeah you do I'm your Venus I'm your fire Banana Rama oh, Banana Rama yeah. oh how dare you <laughs> yeah <laughs> Just for that. Just exactly. like Alone Again Ors by The Damned. <laughs> Bing. Um, my number six is And More Again. And if only for Dan's least favorite part, the the heart with the bum, 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 uh-huh. with the strings that answer is just so great. And it's... Adam, it's, Adam, I... I was thinking. I was thinking that, um, and I wasn't going to say this kind of deep stuff because I was like, I'm talking too much. But the and you feel your heart going bum 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 bum. The fourth bum is so important because everybody stops at three, and they have four, and it's just exactly. freaking hits. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. It's I it's definitely it. the most subtle, and the the strings are redonkulous. Uh, I'm sure that's not the word that they were using at the time, but. Um, <laughs> It's hey, they were talking ballin'. Ballin', they used <laughs> bananas. It's true. It's true. So I, I don't have a lot to say about it that hasn't ever been been said. I, uh, but that one moment is just one of my one of my favorite moments on the record. All right, number five. Um, looks like I have it highest. Bummer in the summer. Um, I give it credit because uh, I love Sam that you used the word urgency. Like, yeah, I I needed some more urgency on this album, and I heard this song. I'm like, all right, now we're going. We're off to the races. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you, Jim. <laughs> Track 10. Thank you. <laughs> uh, you're on fire tonight. Um, uh, thank you, Jim. Like, how could you not immediately mention Bob Dylan, though? Like, this is literally, we talked last episode about, like, how 
okay, computer like subterranean homesick yelling blues had nothing to do with, you know, subterranean homesick blues. This has everything to do with right. it. Um, so I guess part of it was like it felt very kind of rip offy of that song to me and it was kind of one thing and that was it and mm. it was the thing i felt like bob dylan did so uh, i liked it i loved that guitar groove to your point and it gave it some energy but it it does feel like didn't bob dylan do this like what two years before or something like that so <laughs> my number five is the good humor man whatever 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 uh which i said uh <laughs> like to dan's point who does, is he Fiona Apple? They think they're Fall Out Boy. This is the La Da Da song. Um, I love the stereo separation between yes. the strings and the trumpet, yeah. kind of going back and forth. That's great. Um, the tape chop ending, same thing, <laughs> right? Dan. Like it, it happened, and I'm like, what? Uh, <laughs> like, did my internet just glitch or something? Because I was listening to it on Spotify, and um, and so. But yeah, but it, what stood out for me for that is that it's so different from the rest of the record. The rest of the record is so straight up. Um, you know, it's not the Beatles. It's not even the Beach Boys. It's more like the Stones. Like it's it's just the instruments as you get them. That's not. There's not a lot of distortion. There's not. Um, I mean, like the guitar a little bit, but like the rest of the instruments are fairly straight ahead. So this, like that was really uncharacteristic for me on this record. And so, um, so that's, that was just kind of an interesting part for me. Like it, it, it felt like they were trying to do something psychedelic and then they just little tape chop thing. And then that was it. But it was like, I mean, it's what oh, yeah. less than five seconds. It just like, blah, 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 and then it's done. Um, so it was cool, but like, why stylistically like was so weird but I, but it was cool I, but I, and i and i i do like the rest of the song um it's yeah i think it's a good song or decent song it's, it's interesting <laughs> that you talk about Careful. uh that it's very straightforward um but it's you know you keep hearing the word psychedelic when 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 this album is is talked about but it's so organically psychedelic it doesn't have backwards masking right. it doesn't have right. crazy organs yeah. and and flanged vocals it's this it's more of a of a vibe and uh the kind of out there lyrics that make it psychedelic it's it's actually a very acoustic yeah uh album other than a couple guitar freakouts you know it's kind of an interesting that's what part of what makes it so interesting yeah, i love me. that i love that um I, I'm, I'm at number five now and I'll tell you it, but I, I didn't say the line, did I? The line was below seven. So we're in, into the really good stuff right oh. now. And uh, <laughs> and number cool. five is the good humor man. And I want to nice. nice. tell you why. Um, that's what we're here well, for. That's a different I podcast. Knew, by the way, You'll as sure as I was of Adam with, <laughs> with uh, um, whatever it's called a uh, daily planet with Jim. I'm like, Mr. Yacht rock is going to rate a lot of these super high. Yeah, totally. Nice. Listen, um, I'm listening. The, the Lawrence <laughs> Welk or whatever you're saying, Dan, I, I don't buy into That's not what I think of when, when it starts. It is a, you know, the strings come in and it's very gentle and everything. And it's like a 60s show on like primetime CBS on Friday yes. night. And yes. yeah, they go, ladies and gentlemen, some <laughs> singer-songwriter, right? And the camera starts moving through these slow, slowly moving through like these fake Love plastic it. trees, um, you know, and stage decors <laughs> out there and the spotlight and everything. 
and there's a singer songwriter in this blazer let's call him harry nielsen for for you know nice. example um and, and and bell bottoms holding this skinny skill this skinny silver mic you can picture yes. that skinny yes. silver mic right and and the camera gets to him and then he looks into it and he goes Hummingbirds hum. Why do they hum? <laughs> yes. Yes. Which is why I never watched those CBS shows on Friday night. Good call. You know, you know how I consume my uh, my music, and it's on my runs, and I'm just sitting there running, laughing, thinking about how I'm going to tell you guys this story. Getting uh, exactly what I pictured. By the way, getting your worst lap times of all time. Yeah, <laughs> hummingbirds. And you're like, what? Twenty minute mile? Exactly. Exactly. Um, and, and then the 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 little um, piccolo staccato whatever yeah. strings, you yeah. know. Blocked. It's a piccato. And this uh, moved up to five. This moved yeah. up to five because because I kept waking up with this in my head, and it's just it's a great freaking song. I kept waking up with this whole fucking record in my head all the fucking time. Oh, wow. I'm so glad we're doing this because <laughs> I want to get this record out of my fucking head. What are you going to use to cleanse it? That's the question. I've tried everything. And this started <laughs> started replacing uh, OK Computer because we did that. And that's been stuck in my head. And then it was this one. And I'm like, fuck. I hate doing this podcast. On. <laughs> <laughs> All these all my least favorite records. I, I, I picture in this song the the melody line on on the on the uh, music chart, you know, with the five lines going to whatever. Right, anyway, right. just the notes on there, just just jumping all over the place. Yeah, that is fucking, that's the opposite of samey samey. You know what right, I mean? That right, that yeah, is like yeah. somebody put some thought and said, "Let's go." Yeah, scat. But you know. Um, anyway, love it. Number five, good awesome. humor, man. My number five is Live and Let Live. And like a lot of these, um, when, when Dan, you were saying, how could Daily Planet not be higher? I think there's a lot of these songs where if I just took it on face value, um, they would be higher. Or, but I have a lot of sentimentality attached to a lot of these songs for sure. different reasons. And um, I'm, I'm glad that you all mentioned the snot kicked against uh my pants because it's just such Turning a what did crystal. he just say lyric it's it's always mentioned in almost every review like talking about how how strange some of the imagery is and that's definitely one where you're like um okay uh but the main one for this is in the end where it picks up and he says that he served his time and he served it well and you made my soul a cell well you know he had the craziest life and to watch him sing that line after he got out of prison to a packed LA audience was like one of the greatest moments ever. And every people just lost their marbles when he did that line. Cause it, it just wow. it couldn't have been more fitting. Um, so that, that, that put it up higher than probably uh, it would be. It's, it's a weird little song, but that line is just so good. Thank you for that transition, Adam. My number four is live and let live. This is a great song. This song I genuinely like. Um, that flamenco style guitar. Remember, I'm the guy that had the blood in the top three. Like, I like my flamenco style guitar. Um, nice. The verses, uh, I had to look up what year Happy Jack came out because I'm like, these verses are Happy Jack. Uh, 
dun, 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 dun. Um, they came out the same year, so it's going to remain debated. I actually heard a, a, a lot of Who through this album. Um, that's one of two yeah. huge influences I heard. Back and forth. Like, I don't know exactly who influenced who. Um, the arpeggio on you set the scene to me is like becomes behind blue eyes a couple of years later. So it felt like it kind of went back and forth. But mm. um, uh, Jim, here's where we fight because the star of the album is not the trumpet and it's not the strings. It is the freak out guitar. Thank you, Sam. We're back together. When the freak out guitar comes, <laughs> and that's the other biggest influence <laughs> on this album is it is clear they hung out with the doors. And like, there are a lot of Doorsy yeah. things. In fact, I started listening to a lot of Doors on this album. Uh, after I listened to this album, I started listening to some Doors again. And uh. it's like the Doors without the Lizard King energy, except hmm. in the guitar. But like, Arth- yeah. you know, the singer has yeah. no Lizard King energy, which to me is the biggest drawback. <laughs> <laughs> Anti- the anti-Lizard King. King, the Lizard Prince, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Um, but, but that guitar, I love that guitar, but this song all the way through, I just, I just loved, you know, Jimmy, you already nailed it with the ask your leaders. Why? I mean, not, sorry, not the ask your leaders. Why? That's the, that's the line I hated, Mm. but the, um, (laughs) you know, the story. So the story's written. I actually like the snot on the pants. And then I love (laughs) that, that I love the other part too of, you know, served my time, that whole, without even the story, like. It's just great, great. So um, this this is the first song where I was like, really like, okay, I'd I'd like put this on a mix. I like this song. Oh, interesting. Makes it on a mix. <laughs> so playlist the they for, call it these days. The next one for me is <laughs> oh, okay. That's that's right. That's what they call. Them. Um, the next one for me is maybe the people would be the times or between Clark and Hildale. I'm gonna read the whole thing because, because Fiona it, Apple. That's that's what they would want. <laughs> Right, because Fiona Apple, because <laughs> Fall Out Boy, because why not? Um, so, like, for for me, this song's open. Um, you guys remember Say Anything? Um, this song opens with the It'll Never Be Me vibe. <laughs> It'll never be me. It'll wow. never be me. Like, so to me, it's it Austin Powers. To, to you, it's Say Anything. I love it. Don't you even think it. But, but <laughs> once it once it transitions from that, my the other comment I had, Dan, is would fit right in the Austin Powers movies. Like it, it just it, like that's it. what it's just like got that like swingy back and forth vibe and everything, um, but once again, great trumpet like the da 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 and and I was at Jim that called it and saying like you know saying like each note like singing each note yeah like, like had had like the little scat part over that that was really cool I loved that um, so this one you know started to kind of like move up the ranks for me so this is I mean. I yeah I'm not I I was gonna say maybe I was a little harsh saying my line was at number one it's not it, I I don't want to listen to any of these songs um, except except number one and usually um, yeah okay. so we'll leave it at that wow okay um, my number four is the Daily Planet and I wrote in capital letters here this is the sound of the sixties I mean that song is the it, it, the cool sixties. Um, uh, it's totally Dukes of Stratosphere. <laughs> I mean, we, we have not <laughs> said their names yet, but it's totally the Dukes. It's cool as shit. And I put emphasis on the shit. It's just so fucking cool. I love the vocals. I love the two singers. I need that bass turned up. It's a great middle eight. I feel shivers down my spine, uh, in my spine. I hope he 
finds a rhyme for his little mind. Um, and then the, the, the whole uh, hands, face, and heart, face, you know, where the background's going over. Uh, I, I just love it. Uh, uh, it, it, it. It's the same in red telephone with a white, yellow. Paint me white yeah. and yellow in the background. And just little things that, you're right, Adam, about the, the psychedelic. It's like, it's not a psychedelic album but it totally is totally is. not like heavy um, right. like, not like electronic right, but it doesn't or have whatever. The back, yeah it's, yeah, it's yeah. not i mean it's psychedelic as fuck you know yeah, what yeah. i mean it's the it's the most um anyway <laughs> it's, just, it's definitely druggy before. yeah uh, yeah i mean i think it goes without saying that there's a lot of you know drugs going on um when they had to bring in studio musicians, it was partially because people were strung out and people ended up being, you know, uh, their documentaries full of them talking about, you know, not being able to get their shit together and, uh, you know, their original drummer passing away. I mean, there's just tons. And, and Arthur Lee is wasted in their documentary. He's drunk as fuck. Um, and it's great. It makes for a great <laughs> interview. So if you can find Love Story, it's on... It's on YouTube. Unfortunately, it's in low quality and squished so that like an album that should be square looks like a rectangle. But um, So it looks like it the damned video. Oh, is that what they did to make everyone look skinnier? I, I don't like I don't know if they shot it like widescreen and they're like, oh, we have to compress it to get it on, you know, MTV uh-huh. or whatever. But yeah, like that's how that that's how it looks to me. All right. Well, my number four is maybe the people would be the times or between Clark and Hildale, um, which I believe is an intersection in Hollywood, if I'm not mistaken. Sure it is. Um, But yeah, I think all the reasons I love it have already been discussed. That kind of fast scat that goes along over the the horn line. It's very jazzy, but but more so because of that that phrasing that he the trick of leaving out the last word where your your head almost hears him saying it because it seems like such an right. an obvious rhyme um yeah i mean it's like you know you rhyme cool in school and it's the most boring thing in the world but if you don't say it and then wait and start the next line i don't know that i've heard that before or since and every time i hear it i'm like god that is such a great little idea yeah. and he's full cool. of weird little ideas like that on this record and it's just but that one's my favorite so that moved it up up high to number four my number three is the daily planet well said jim it's cool 60s um again it's the who this is like early who am i the only one that heard that like totally just like you know i know it's five guys but like four guys in a band that that bass finally you've got the, like the little bass flourish at the beginning yeah. i can't believe jim didn't yeah. mention that like this is just a tight, and now it cracks me up that you're telling me it was like the Wrecking Crew they brought in to do this. Maybe, maybe I prefer the Wrecking Crew to Love, but <laughs> right. like um, this one, I'm like, okay, it's a tight band, it's a tight song. They're doing that; they're singing together, like you know, singing every single word together, like like two people. Um, yeah, this yeah. this was a this was a great little song. So the funny thing for me when I first listened, I had a bunch of snarky ass comments that kind of sucked and i actually did away with them um like this one i'm like ooh, like super edgy like you know naming a song after the p- newspaper and superman i liked and, that like i yeah i mean it's yeah, it's, but yeah, I get to- it's something you can like catch on to but it, it like ultimately again like it doesn't have anything to do with the song except like that somebody said something about like rotation or something like i didn't right. i didn't look at the lyrics for this one we're going round and round right which i never right. noticed until this week 
Right. Um, but, uh, but number three is the Daily Planet for me. Um, because, like you said, what sounds like the Who, my comment was moon-ish drumming. Um, and I, and I, and I, at first I said, like, the song would benefit from having Keith on there, but he probably, like, him in this, <laughs> in, in, with the rest of everybody, would have just, like, blown it out. Like, it would have, he would have clearly been, like, far, so far ahead of everybody, but, um, maybe not the Wrecking Crew. That's not what I mean to say. <laughs> Sorry, Wrecking Crew. Um, but it was, um, <laughs> They're not but when, but when I think of psychedelic tunes, if I were to think about, about them with without lots of effects, like I usually think of Hendrix or I mean even Ride, like like that kind of like or you know, um, not Slow Dive. I'm thinking of um, My Bloody Valentine or you know, like I think of that kind of like swirling effects and that kind of thing. Maybe just Jefferson Airplane did it um, uh, as well, but um, but this when I hear it, when I was listening to it over and over, I'm like. It started to sink in. I'm like, this this is the psychedelic sound. Like, this is exactly what it is. Um, and I went and I, I did the same sort of thing, like, with the research. And when I, you know, saw that they were contemporaries of The Doors, I went and listened to The Doors and came back to listen to this. I'm like, this is this is its own thing. Like, it's not, it's, um, it's not super Doorsy, even though they were both in L.A. Like, that's what I wanted to hear is more of, like, who's doing the same thing? Because the Beach Boys were way out um with a couple records they released this year um like super different it was like like not way out like psychedelic but just totally different from this but um but yeah very who very that kind of swirly psychedelic thing um this one definitely i i probably come close to liking this song yeah (laughs) that's great um all right so my number three is Alona Ganor. Um, I'm going to let you guys talk about it. It's a freaking great song. I fist pump with each beat in the chorus. You know, I'm the beat. Oh, no. Amazing. It, 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 it emotes uh, classical gas for me, I, I, which oh, I love. Uh, the horns are perfect. And, you know, you might say it's repetitive. I, yeah, but I like what's being repeated. And, uh, I'm going to let you guys talk more about it, but uh, that's I mean, three you don't really have to talk more when you use a line like it emotes classical gas. That's a mic drop line right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's definitely a trope or I don't know. That's maybe that's the right, right word, but it's it's definitely a thing that they realize sounded really cool. And they do it over and over where they, you bring it down to just this acoustic riff yeah. and yeah. it sounds awesome. And then the totally. whole band comes in again and every time they do it. I'm like, it sounds totally cool. Right. It doesn't get old. But <laughs> right. I'm in. I'm in. If it ain't broke, yeah. don't right. fix yeah. it. Well, I'm shocked that um, that somebody, that one of you three didn't have it at number one, Jim. I thought for sure that's where this was heading. Uh, it is also My number, number three. three. We are number one. It's also Adam's I com- number three. I completely agree. Nice. I completely agree with you, Jim, and hopefully we're on the same. Uh, okay. I think we already are. But uh, so, yeah, um, it's, it's definitely their most famous song, if only because it was covered um, by some, you know, well-known people. The Damned and Calexico and and also the band UFO did it. But um, as much as the strings and the trumpet are so amazing, uh, it's just one of the most beautiful things to be on a rock record in that regard to me. Mm. 
the actual song of it, there's not a whole lot to it. It's it's the lyrics aren't anything that ever hmm. made me move me in any way, and they do it twice. Agreed. And then there's this, and then there's this incredible instrumental part. So uh, for that reason alone, it, I can't put it quite quite as high. But these cover versions are what brought it, you know, to my attention. Well, the Damned did, but I don't really have any sentimentality for that either. And funny enough, the Damned is Charlotte's favorite band, so oh, to have funny. the Damned covering Love is like super super big for her. But um, two of my favorite memories uh, that involving involve this record involve um cover versions and the first one was seeing calexico do it um there was a oh god what's the famous folk festival newport yeah. uh folk festival i think um yeah newport they they, they, they they i think that's who sponsored it they did a they did a show on the santa monica pier with um nico case and somebody else who we love i can't remember who in calexico and to watch calexico play alone again or on the pier with the sun setting and there's never been a more perfect band uh to cover that song because they already kind of have a spaghetti fest spaghetti western kind of feel to what they do so the first time i heard them do it i could not believe it just the most perfect marriage of a song and a band to cover it um but the other one that i that i always think of and dan you might have been here because you lived in chicago when we were there a year or two ago when we did route 66 we flew into chicago and and ran around and, and one of the places that we went to was a tiki bar called three dots and a dash love I think it is what it's yep. called incredible maybe the best tiki bar that's i've ever amazing. been to and that's saying a lot because we go to them in every city we there's go a to. lot i don't remember and from, from nights there nice which, nice which bar? well i mean the best part which is one? they it's a it's a it's a tiki bar in chicago okay. called three dots okay. and a dash and the best part about being there is at one point we're talking and they're playing all this incredible, great, vintage lounge music. And there's this huge laughter coming through the sound system. And we're like, what the hell is going on? We look behind us, and there's two guys dressed as pirates that are bringing out this huge pirate ship that's a like a bucket-sized thing filled with alcohol and 30 straws. And they're on wireless mics presenting it with dry ice pouring out of it to, to give to someone. It was the most greatest thing ever. So we're totally in love with this place and we're talking, we're talking and Charlotte is saying something and I said, be quiet. And she's like, what? And I'm like, just, shh, just be quiet. And she's, she's looking at me like, don't talk to me that way. And I'm like, just stop talking. And there was a full on mariachi version of Alone Again or playing. Awesome. And it's by a band called Chicha Libre. And it's fantastic. It's even more kind of like... Uh, I don't know what the word is for it, but it's maybe not quite as mariachi as like, I, I, I don't know, but I, it's, it was so fantastic and so out of place in this like full on retro tiki place that's like one of my favorite That song. Yeah, maybe. maybe. That song has super strong mariachi vibes. Yeah. Oh, massive. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. And, and, and I'm pretty sure, as someone mentioned Herb Albert, I'm pretty sure the people from the Tijuana Brass played on this. So nice. you're not far ah, off. It was, it was of it. the era. And we're talking about the like maybe the same people that, that played that. Not Herb Albert, but people. In See his, that, Jim? You go in cold. In his... You go in cold. <laughs> 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 All right. So All right. Uh, number two. Um, so we talked a lot about drugs on this album. And I guess I think when it comes to music and drugs, I, I like it more when the drugs go bad than when they're like chilling you out. So my number two <laughs> 
is A House Is Not A Motel. I really liked the song. This is the second track on the album, mm-hmm. <clears throat> After Alone Again, Alone Again, or, and I was like, I'm going to dig this album because this song, like, they they let themselves go. And it just, it has that bordering on the edge of chaos feel yeah. to it where it's driving. Finally, Arthur Lee is like loosened up like this. His He sounds urgent and kind of just on the edge yeah. of sanity. Like, this is the song where I was like, these dudes definitely hung out with the doors. Yeah. And yeah. Um, and again, I'm not saying who influenced who. I'm just saying like you can tell can that like yeah. they're driving it both ways. And so anyways, I loved the energy in the song. There are de- This is the one exactly like you said, Adam. Like, you know, my first few listens, I'm always working when I'm listening. And just this is the, the, the song where I stopped and I was like, wait, what? Like... Uh, more confusions, blood transfusions, and the waters turn to blood. And if you don't think so, go turn on your tub. I was like, wait, what? Like, uh, totally transfixed me. Turned to gray, <laughs> right? And and then the 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 guitar freakouts on this, and just but instead of them just sort of being dropped in, like I felt like on some of the other songs, like they come in, they go back out. The the acoustic guitar is like driving right. the whole time. I really dug yeah. this song. If more of the album had been like like this like i think i would have been in a totally different place on it yeah nice. <laughs> <laughs> that's my vibe right there that's you can do that all day and i'm in <laughs> kick that's out funny, the you, you mentioned the doors i've never thought about it as a sort of a doorsy song but it's kind of like break on yeah. through a little bit and i've never right? thought of that yeah until you said that just yeah now. I, it's, I like this better but i love it totally. or through even like you know car- spanish caravan you know caravan carry me i don't know it kind of there's there's pieces of pieces of doors of stuff pieces of doors. um yeah i i i like yeah I, I mean, again, like a lot of these songs, like you could talk me into moving them around, but, <laughs> but I, and I kind of dug that one too. I, I think it had that urgency. Um, but like for some of it, it was just some of those lyrics, like the tub and the mud and the, like, like it just, if for me, like it just felt like some of that stuff just felt flat. It didn't, it didn't quite push through to like, oh, okay. Like I get what you're like, I get that urgency or whatever. It was just like, uh, what? And maybe that's what he was trying to do, but it didn't. It didn't land with me for that, but my number two is um, "You Set the Scene." Something that did land. <laughs> is that is that a Jesus and Mary chain song? Um, Could be. Uh, you Say set it the again. scene. What's, is your, my number what's two. your number two? I missed it. You set the scene. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, I dig the drum pattern. Uh, I I liked the it as an album ender because this is the one that started kind of fast and then switched i could totally see you liking this one dan um having that like it it did have a radiohead feel of like how it kind of moved through a little bit had movements um and the it's a great album ender with the horns Jim is totally dancing yeah. for all of you not watching this because he's pod, listening uh, to this, it uh, zoom it's awesome um <laughs> but the uh but the how it how it ends the album with like the strings, but the horns to the fade, like how it ends. I really liked this. Um, I, I thought it was a great song to end the album. I thought it was uh, a, a good, al- a good song in an album of, uh, you know, otherwise clunkers for me. <laughs> All right, I can't, I can't buy into the whole clunkers thing. I, I was, I was pulling faces because, because I I do not like the Doors. I mean I, I can't I, I can't say I hate them, but I don't like them. Never it's thought of them. Not like the, the Doors. Twenty, 
the the 20 listens uh that i gave to this album never once thought about the doors thank god because it would have turned things <laughs> and now i think it's ruined and i'm never going to listen to this album again no just kidding but uh you set the scene uh is my number two you're absolutely right dan adam i'm sorry i know it's your number one i i just have a feeling it is um it is so freaking good this was almost my number one but i told you guys there's a clear number one coming up uh the wow first I, I don't i don't know which one you haven't said yet go ahead yeah. Yeah. The, the first the first half is awesome at her request she asked for nothing you get nothing in return i mean it is so freaking good and then all of a sudden at 2 30 or 2 40 it uh, i mean it, it, it is the first part, it's like this great song that you'd love to be dancing on Carnaby Street in Soho in London in 1967. Like, you, you get, like, why it's so good. And then the last two minutes is just amazing. And it's bump, 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 da, 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 and this is the time in life that I am living. And the horns are just going. And it's just, yeah. oh, my God, bump, bump. And and the strings are, I mean, they're never better than this. And the whole album has been strings. And now right. it's here and it's, it's they're doing it the best. Um, and for everyone who thinks that life is just a game, do you like the part you're playing? Yes. I mean, I, I've listened to this song so many times. It's the first song on the album that I picked up the guitar and said, I need to know how to play that song. Um, and 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 I was like, okay, that has to be my number one, but there's one more coming. This song is fucking awesome. Nice. <laughs> Nicely said. I love it. <laughs> that's, a, that's exactly what I was hoping you would say about something on this album. Um, <laughs> and, and, and knowing your taste, the, the, the two the two albums that I think of most as far as like what it, what it influenced and ones that we like. And I know, I know Dan and, and Sam both do too, as far as like having an orchestra on an album. The first one is echoes ocean rain. And the second one, funny enough is Lloyd Cole and the commotions rattlesnakes, which they even reference Arthur Lee in it. Right. And, and again, I didn't, I didn't know who Arthur Lee was when I heard it, but now listening and especially on that particular song, Are You Ready to Be Heartbroken? It's got that picky acoustic guitar that really punches through and it could be on half of the songs on this record. That riff, you know, like I, I talked about how they over and over break down to just this really great acoustic riff. Well, right. that that could be that that commotions riff in, a, in like all the best ways possible, you know? And I didn't realize that until way, way later. So it's kind of a neat thing to find. All that said, with all the beauty, my number two is... A rocker, a house is not a motel. I love what you guys were saying about it. To come out of the the beauty of Alone Again or and go into this punchiness is like maybe the best one-two punch of any record that we've done. It it, just, it moves immediately, and the lyrics are so weird and dark. And if you didn't already read about it, um, when he's talking about the blood, it is. They talk. They were talking to a guy who had just got back from Vietnam, and he was telling them how, when blood um, hits mud, it turns gray, which is like the oh. craziest thing and harrowing. You know, like so. If once you know that, you can't listen to that song and not like get shivers, like hearing him sing about it that way. Um, 
but yeah, there's so many great little parts in it. The the first guitar break is totally God rest ye merry gentlemen. Like every time they play that, I sing that. You know, because I'm Jewish. Um, but it also but it also has my my favorite line in the whole album, um, which again, like to have. I mean, it's so Dylan-esque to have a line this good, but the news of today will be the movies of tomorrow. Holy shit. To say that in 1967 yeah. is just insane. And especially when you're talking about all this like Vietnam imagery and you know, it was 20 really years good. later, we're watching, we're watching platoon and, and, and full metal jacket and all these, all these movies. Holy platoon ugh, just directed yeah. by Oliver Stone, who also directed the doors. <laughs> so Jim suck it. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Val <laughs> Kilmer's performance was amazing. That's not what I'm thinking about, though. You got to see Meg Ryan's booby in that one, right? Just uh, one. Wow, that's excellent memory. One. Honestly, I don't remember that, but <laughs> yeah, I don't remember that either. But good to know. Never saw it. Um, but like like a lot of these songs in my upper echelons, there is a story that comes with it. And that's, I was telling you guys when we did The Queen is Dead about my friend's amazing Ensenada wedding. And after the, the priest talked about the bus uh, running into them and being, being killed during the ceremony, which I told you guys about last episode or two episodes ago, yeah. um, we went to this courtyard and had the most insane fun party with three different bands. There was like a... Um, like a Norteño, uh, like uh, Buena Vista Social Club band that right. was playing when we got there. There was a rock and Espanol band that had us dancing all night. And then at midnight, a full mariachi band came in oh, um, amazing. to play. And my friend Chris, who was the groom, is the guitarist for this band, The Loons. And The Loons uh, are this well-known band that sound a lot like A House Is Not A Motel basically and huh. they cover a house is not a motel uh Actually. but the singer mike stacks is one of the world's leading authorities on obscure 60s psychedelic and garage rock he's done a magazine called ugly things magazine for 30 or 40 years that's unbelievable and so they're all there at the wedding and we're all having a ton of fun and here's a band and the whole band the loons are here and i'm like they gotta get up and play a song right right and and so, but no one's trying to make it happen. And it's not like they don't want to, but I, I went around asking and everyone, they're like, yeah, we would totally. So they only had one guitar uh, in the band. So inside the casita or whatever the, the place that it was at, they had guitars hanging on the wall. So we got an acoustic guitar off the wall and poor Chris was stuck trying to tune this oh. guitar that was probably made in the 1800s and just hold it up to a microphone. And, you know, for all these like, you know, Half of them were from south of the border. Half of them were all like total 60s uh, types. And they get up and played A House Is Not A Motel for these people about, you know, these wow. horrible Vietnam imagery. <laughs> but it was so great. And then they dragged me up to do La Bamba. And then they did uh, You're Gonna Miss Me by the 13th Floor Elevators, which you might know from High Fidelity. And it nice. was just one of, my, one of my favorite moments of my favorite wedding of all time. So I can't not tell that story. That's my number two. Great story. I'm so happy you had that at number two because I thought I was by far the, the last one to rank that. So that makes me excited. It's the small things. Um, my number one <laughs> is Alone oh. Again. <laughs> Don't go there, Sam. Sam made a Blink-182 right, reference. Go out. ahead. Cut that out. No stepping No stepping on the song announcement. <laughs> uh, completely unpredictably, okay. I went with the hit single for number one. <laughs> that seems to be my pattern. 
Um, <laughs> again, or is my number one. Um, it's just, it's, it's a complete song. Like it's just, it's a song and I want to sing it and I yeah. get stuck on it and it's beautiful. Um, what I wrote about this one is, uh, you know, you had you had Simon and Garfunkel go to um, South America for El Condor Pasa, and then of course he went to Africa, nice. and you know, then he went to Brazil, and kind of Paul Simon got his his uh, influences everywhere he went. But if Simon and Garfunkel had traveled to Sevilla, they would have written Alone Again, or like that is <laughs> that is exactly nice what this job. is. It's taking Simon and Garfunkel, it's dropping them in flamenco Spain, and. That alone yeah. makes me makes me fall in love with it. Like it's beautiful. I also um, it's interesting, Sam, that you talked about going and like uh, digging into like what else was kind of around during during that time. Um, yeah. I did not do that because I went in cold, zero research. Um, but I was just thinking to myself, like <laughs> when this song came on the radio, there couldn't have been anything else sounding like this. Like this was a truly unique, um, I think, sound yeah. compared to. So much of the rest on the album. So, anyways, um, love it. My number one. My number one, alone again. Or it's a classic. That that trumpet line, like you can't, you cannot front on that. Like it's so perfect. It's so good. And like the melody, it's not, it's not the rest of the song. It kind of like floats above it and kind of punctuates it. Um, I think it was Adam was talking about the lyrics didn't really do much for him. So for me, this song really does. The the lyrics are a huge part of it. Um, and one of the interesting things as I was listening more and more that I realized is that the damned lyrics are different than the um, than the love lyrics. So the love lyrics are, I heard a funny thing somebody said to me, you know that I could be in love with almost everyone. I think I think the people are the greatest fun. The damned lyric is um, that you could be in love with almost anyone. You think people are the greatest fun. So and and the um, uh, like I'm, I'm looking on Genius now and it said somebody said to me and it's in quotation marks like you know that I could be in love with almost everyone and I always thought it as from the damn hmm. side somebody said to me you like hey you could be in love with almost anyone you think people are the greatest fun and then it says and i will be alone to again tonight for you the love lyrics the same thing i will be alone again tonight my dear it's the same lyric every time and the damn changes the first time is and i will be alone again tonight my dear and i will be alone again tonight for you and then i will be alone again tonight it's true so like <laughs> that's that's kind of where i came at this is from those from those lyrics um, and, and you know coming at it from that and so like they're, they're feel a lot more poignant and, and it's not to say the love lyrics aren't it's it does kind of sit the same way it's like it, it is that kind of like manipulating people think people are the greatest fun is like kind of how I came at it um, you know so it, like the, the lyrics hit a lot more for me with this song than a lot of the other ones um, and maybe it's because maybe it's the repetition, um, you know, and, and it's not like the weird snot imagery or <laughs> tubs and mud and whatever, um, you know, but just it, this song is the whole entire package for me. And I could listen to this song by Calexico. I could listen to it by love. I could listen to it by the damned, whoever's playing it, as long as you got that fucking trumpet in there and you better have that fucking <laughs> trumpet in there. I will listen to it. Like this is a classic, classic song. And, and it's, and that's why I say like my lines at number one, because 
after the song and they've got it like right up front they've got it right like after the song for me it just completely fell off an edge and that's and that's coming to it as not as a fan and not having a lot of these great memories that adam has um which could easily tie and i mean they tie people to records like that's what it is about music and not having that it's that's why it just kind of fell off that cliff because this song is so fucking good and so classic where do you go to, Sam, to you me. need more you need more weddings in ensenada I, I would love to. Fair I would enough. love to. Yes, please. <laughs> I love that there's like such small, small differences in in just one word. And yeah. it's funny enough that the name of the song was originally Alone Again. And Arthur, even though it wasn't his song, added the word or just to make it kind of more interesting and weird. He also made himself higher in the mix, which is part of the <laughs> reason why Brian quit the band. He not only wasn't getting enough songs, but it's like, oh, you take my song and then you make you the lead singer on it. It's like, I'm out of here. <laughs> fair enough yeah fair enough <laughs> that's good intel right there oh my god um sam sam I, I i i love i love how we both approached it you know and just just blind you know um i i approached this album blind knew the first song and as i listened to it over and over there was one song that just that just it wasn't a, like a dark horse that kept rising it was like wow that, that was good and then it just kept rising, rising. So it probably rose from, yeah. Yeah. you know, third, third to first for me. Um, and and it's a song called uh, "The Red Telephone." Oh, it's my number wow. one. Wow, you're gonna say that? Oh <laughs> wow, the best song in the album. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. My head, my head hurts. I gotta lie hey, down. Go ahead. Hey, can, can, can I tell you why? Can I tell you why? Please, the right please do. Um, please enlighten us. Uh, First of all, we all play guitar, and you know a good guitar, you know, opening lick, you know, boom, boom, and it's just got that just slides and stuff, and it's it's perfect. It's just perfect little lick uh, to get you into it. And then when it says, uh, when they say, sitting on the hill, side, there's the second voice comes in and the strings at the same time, and it's just oh my god, it just washes over you, especially in stereo when you're you got both headphones in um the the best moment on the album i mean this, this is the best strings on the whole album in this song um and uh i don't know if the third's the fourth or uh, the fifth to fix i fucking love that lyric i don't know what it means but it's the best moment of the album the fifths to fix god there's just something about alliteration there that's just oh god it hits me. Yes. Um, this mm-hmm. album is is the same. You know, it's a like a similar chord structure. You were talking about no chorus, Dan. Um, y- you know, it, this song is um, similar to. It made me think of like um, if you if you love Morrissey, uh, his, his uh, first album, Late Night on on Maudlin Street. It's like constant verse chorus structure of chords underneath, but the words are different each time. And it, it's a, it's mm. like a, a Bell and Sebastian's Boy with the Herb Strap, you know. Right. It, it just let, let's lay these lyrics over, you know, the same. Anyway, um, the strings remind me of a thousand umbrellas unfolded. Oh, now it wow. is it is definitely oh god, it's so good. Um, and then and then when they go into the locking them up today. They're throwing away the key. I wonder <laughs> who it'll be tomorrow, you or me. I, 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 I am 
totally in by then. I, I'm just like, this is 60s psychedelia, just trippy drug shit that is fucking so cool. And I'm into it. Um, uh, I, I wanted to tell you that I recognize that when he says, I feel real phony when my name is Phil or was that Bill, that uh-huh. I immediately, I immediately thought of Oasis and the moment <laughs> when on Standing on the Shoulders, um, they finally they finally get to like the fourth album or whatever. And Noel says, all right, Liam, all right, you just had a son. I'll let you put one of your oh, songs no. in the little album, James. you know, and little James comes on, you know, I mean, Liam writes a song to his son. You can't deny him. He's been in the band the whole time, right? Right. Uh, he's my brother, right? I got to give him this. And little James comes on and it's uh, uh, Liam's lyrics are, uh, you, you, you live for your toys, even though they make noise. <laughs> the most basic freaking horrible oh. and anyway so i, I get it I'll give, you, shakespeare. I'll give you that there's your shakespeare I'll, I'll give you i'll give you that phil and bill moment but other than that this is the one that i constantly woke up and it was in my head it is haunting wow. it is beautiful and it is the best song in the album good for you jim there was this like disturbance in the force <laughs> last week when we did okay computer and jim and i were in sync like we were just and like now now life is back to normal your 11 (laughs) is my one and vice versa no no just just my 11 is this is this is 1967 they are not you you know you you've got to they're not sophisticated yet in my mind. You know what I mean? Like the Beatles, these are still Sergeant new Pepper this year and magical mystery tour. Though, in like a house is not a motel. Like I, I'm okay with like poetic to a, to a degree. Just, yeah. Don't, don't tell me my name to a is degree. Bill. Yeah. <laughs> or is it? Phil? Yeah. Come on. Let's do say. it. All right, Adam, take us home. So, uh, we started a podcast because I <laughs> started a podcast because I love these three guys and uh, I love hearing oh. them talk about these albums they love or albums they don't love. Um, and right before we pressed record, I was mentioning that I have so much fun. I have so many ideas that I keep thinking about guests. Well, surprise guys, we got our very first guest for the podcast. I reached out and got a response from Love guitarist Rusty Squeezebox from Baby Lemonade, who was Love's backing band wow. starting in 1994. Um, I met him at a Big Star documentary uh, screening up in LA, and we've been Facebook friends. Haven't really talked a whole lot, but when I put this out to him, he got back to me with what his favorite song on Forever Changes is. And here's what he wrote. Nice. Sometime around 1988-89, my friend Reno introduced me to Love. He had a Rhino Records cassette of the best of. We listened nonstop for the next few weeks. At the time, there wasn't much info to dive into to find out about the band. All I had were the cassette liner notes and the pictures. A couple of months later, I found myself in a record store in San Diego. And I got this text when I was in a record store in San Diego and was reading this going, oh, this is so great. Hilarious. And I found a copy of A Forever Changes on vinyl in good shape and bought it. I was excited that most of the songs were different to the ones on the cassette. 
I got it home and listened on headphones, and by the time you said the scene finished, not only did I have a new favorite album, but also a favorite song. You set the scene agreed with all of my musical sensibilities at the time. It was clever musically and lyrically. It moved, it changed, it switched gears. Arthur's lyrics in the second half of the song were vague enough to let me decide what I thought he was saying. And that was a powerful emotional experience. You set the scene had always been one of my favorites and I was thrilled to be able to play it with Arthur. So thank you, Rusty, for sending that in and agreeing with me that you set the scene is the best song on this album for all the reasons that he says um yeah no one mentioned maybe the best part of the of the whole song which is the you know where are you walking when are you walking and then the cello comes underneath like every time every time i listen to it with charlotte every time i saw them live everybody in the audience looks at each other and goes because it's just such a like ominous great bet um but yeah the the fact that they that it changes at that one point and slows down and then the strings come underneath yeah the horns come on and we've done we've recorded three of these and the last three episodes the police the smiths and the radiohead for me all ended on a bummer of a song like here's this grand Mm. record and kind of a bummer are not that great of a last song. Well, here is what a last song should be. It is so triumphant. You think it's gonna, where could it go? And then the horns go up even more. And it's just like, it's like you're coming up on a castle and the the band is welcoming you with flags and trumpets. It's just like, (laughs) it's so perfect. Perfect. You know, I mean, it's it's, it's what I've wanted. for an album ending, I guess, this whole time. And when I got to this, I'm like, yes, this is this is what I want. So that is my number one. Yeah. I, I wish I just had a little, like, bell, like a desk bell to go ding. At the end. Just right at the end of your little <laughs> thing. <laughs> so that is uh, Forever Changes. Thank you guys uh, for nice. doing this little experiment of going into a record that you didn't know. May we never have to do it again anytime soon, but I'm sure we will anyway. Uh, for our next episode, we had decided that uh, on every five episodes, we're going to do something a little different. We've each chosen one record. So for our fifth episode, uh, we keep referencing uh, conversations that we had before we started recording them. So what we're going to do, we're going to do a recap of the first five uh, albums that we reviewed just to talk about them quickly and what our favorite song on each one was. And those records are... What are those albums? Hmm, we have... Black Celebration by the Depeche Modes. We have The Head on the Door by The Cures. Uh, the Tears for Fears, nice. Songs from the Big Chair. The Pretty in Pink soundtrack and Kick by The In Excess. So we're going to discuss all those five albums and talk about... Real quick. Though. Really quickly. And we're going to talk about every single thing of our of our personal lives and histories. Uh, every time that two of us were in a room together, we've cataloged it. <laughs> indexed it, graphed it. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, which was the best time we ever hung out, which was the worst time we ever hung out uh, for the first 40-something years of our lives. So tune in next week for that. And uh, thanks for playing, guys. Thanks for listening. Awesome. Yeah. Well thanks. done. Good choice. Hey, we didn't even talk about the uh, album cover. Which it is, is a great album. album. I will hand you that. It's a great album. Cover. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Apparently, the trivia for that, that is... 
the there's a guy smiling on it and and uh it wasn't originally supposed to have the smile and the band was mm. hugely uh unhappy uh with that but it's also all those morphed together it's supposed to look like a human heart oh i assumed it was africa i assumed it was africa ah, which w- which which uh, the guitarist said that a lot of people do assume that, but it's actually supposed to be. Oh. Awesome. I, got, I, I think I got the heart a little bit. Um, like I, I heart you. That. The logo thing too, oh, like wasn't the Beatles putting their logo on the drums or is that just something I've retroactively inserted in my memory because that's how it's Ret- pictured? Retconned. They did have the logo on the drums, but I don't know that that logo was on any of their actual albums. No, I yeah, I, I know they're not doing it on the albums, but they they had the logo for the band. They just weren't using it on the albums. They were but more. You never saw it on their. Singles. They were more underground. No, it, it was like anything. an underground thing. You had to know. <laughs> you know, it's like a Kylie Jenner pop up. You've probably never heard of them. <laughs> I don't even know what the fuck that uh, means, and I'm so happy. Uh, you don't have a 13 year old <laughs> daughter, my friend. No, no. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. Please follow We Will Rank You at We Will Rank You Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and let us know how you would rank tonight's tunes. Sam writes about music on the web at yourolderbrother.com, facebook.com slash yourolderbrother, and on Twitter at olderbrothersam. You can find Adam's music page on Facebook and WordPress at yourdoinggreat.com. That's Y-E-R-D-O-I-N, he said in third person. Please subscribe, rank, and review our show on your favorite pod of a jig, and send us a note with suggestions and high praise to we will rank you pod at gmail.com or via you know what you should have done.com.